The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Learn the language of spirit. This is the Intuitive Life with Laura Wooster. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Intuitive Life, where we walk together and support each other on the path to becoming more spiritually aware, enlightened, and inspired. My name is Laura Wooster, and we will be taking your calls today for questions only, not for readings, just for questions on the topic at hand here. And the number here is 816 251 Again, it's 816-251-3555. And just a quick note about everybody who uh, turned up for the fundraiser Thursday evening for the local food banks. Um, it was a mediumship, an evening of mediumship with myself and John Holland and Janet Nohavik and Lori Sheridan. And it was just such an awesome night. To, and when, every, when people gather together to help support community, um, it's it just such a great feeling and a great energy that that um, that comes up through that process of mediumship. It just helps us support not only the connection with the spirit world, but also those in the living who need our help. So thank you so much for everybody who who participated in that and showed up and, and helped support the cause. Um, if you'd like to see a mediumship demonstration in person, those things are starting to happen again, which is wonderful. Um, I'll be doing a, an evening of mediumship at Circles of Wisdom in Methuen, Massachusetts on March 17th. So that is, yeah, St. Patrick's Day. So a little bit of luck of the Irish, hopefully that evening. So come on, <laughs> come on in and join us. And um, it'll be an, uh, an evening of mediumship and starts at 7pm. And you can go to my website for that at laurelwister.com. Or you can go to circlesofwisdom.com. And either way, you can find everything that you need to know about March 17th. Very good. So I have an awesome guest on today. I'm so excited to bring her on. And this is a really hot topic, um, what she does for her work. It's fascinating work that she does. And she's an, an incredible person as well. So I've today I have Pam Coronado. She is a psychic detective, a teacher, a speaker, and a writer. And um, she also is really wonderful at helping people to understand how to how to listen to their own intuition and to trust those psychic hits that they get and to help to develop their own psychic abilities. So welcome to the Intuitive Life, Pam. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. I know you're a very busy person, and so I, I really do appreciate <laughs> that you took the time to come on today. And um, you're so, welcome. Yeah. So um, I know we've met a couple of times um, online, not not in person yet, but I'm sure that'll happen eventually. And um, I just love your approach to your work. I mean, I I can imagine with psychic detective work, it can get pretty heavy sometimes. But you you approach um, you you have such a, a light approach, and you and um, 
it just you laugh very easily, so you make it very easy to talk about. Um, but how mm-hmm. did how did you get into detective work? Yeah, it was not it was not what I was planning to do with my life <laughs> for sure. Um, so it happened when I was a, a a young mom and I had three little kids at home, and I started having these series of nightmares, which um, got so intense that I really didn't want to fall asleep uh, after a little while because I was just having these really intense nightmares. And I thought it was probably stress or hormones or something from having too many kids. (laughs) I had, I had three kids in four years. So it was a, it was a chaotic time in my life. And, um, and I started noticing that the dreams were corresponding to stories that I would see in the news or that would come up in the newspaper. And, um, and then eventually, you know, I just kept kind of brushing it aside as a weird coincidence because that's what we do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, I finally had a dream one night where I, I saw a woman's murder through her eyes and, um, and there was no mistaking for me that that was something really intense and very spiritual going on. And, uh, you know, after that dream, um, I saw an article come out in the newspaper of the guy uh, that I had seen in my dream. And it was the first time that I couldn't just brush it away as coincidence. I had to really sit down and address this is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and I went, it's a long story, but I eventually went and volunteered to help with the search party because I felt like I knew where she was based on my dream. And we did find her. Um, and that set off a whole series of events that just continued and continued. And here I am, 25 years later, still doing the work. Incredible. <laughs> Now, you know, coming from a, a similar, well, obviously, I, I'm not a psychic detective, but I had a similar kind of thing, a, a young mom, two young children at home, probably stressed out from being a young mother as well. And I had a, sort of an, uh, an intense, um, sudden experience that kind of rocked my world as well and kind of started my path to where I am right now. And I know that it, and for, for a lot of people who are listening today as well, who may have had something that suddenly came up into their awareness that they didn't expect, they weren't looking for, and it really set them on that spiritual path and aware, intuitive awareness. Like, what could you offer as advice for that sudden awareness that comes like that? Because it really is unsettling. It's very unsettling, and it, and it's so uncomfortable mm-hmm. that I think it. it actually um, is what pushes you to start seeking answers. Exactly. <laughs> uh, for me, I know it was so uncomfortable that mm-hmm. I decided I better I better uh, figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I started searching for answers and started reading everything I could get my hands on and um, l- talking to people and asking questions. And I, I just um, kind of became a little obsessed with the whole spiritual field because it was all new and fascinating to me it still is actually Um, but I think you know for for people who are having and and I get these letters all the time from people who 
will say, oh, my gosh, that happened to me. And, oh, my gosh, I had a similar thing. Um, you know, is they sometimes they think that, that they're, it's a responsibility that they, you know, are being called to work on a specific case or do a specific thing or maybe a spirit's talking to them and um, they don't know what to do with it. And my belief around that is that I think it's just the universe's way of getting our attention Mm -hmm. and kind of like nightmares, you know, that they're so uncomfortable they make us pay attention. And so I just believe it's the universe's way of kind of nudging us onto our path. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And sometimes not so gently (laughs) if we're we're pushing it away or ignoring it or doing our best to um, ignore those little subtle messages we've been getting for a long time. So, you know, people do it. Um, I know I did it. And I really do think that it's, it's just, um, it's just a way to, to, to get us to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. And just to, yeah. And just like you said, it, it helps to, um, get people curious enough to figure out what's going on and, uh, start, start the process of learning and unfolding, um, your abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with, um, so obviously it's the, the uncomfortableness of actually having to approach somebody and say, you know, I've had this dream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. how how did how did you how did you gain yeah. the courage to be able to do that? To be able to and, and I that? didn't for for quite some time because I really thought I was just going crazy and <laughs> I was afraid to to tell anyone. Um, it, it, you know, most of us it's a little more acceptable nowadays, but back. When it was happening for me, it wasn't something everyone talked about, and it's not something you bring up at a PTA meeting. You know, it, it was, it was. Uh, you had to be very selective about who you wanted to confide in. So I, I chose a friend who I knew was um, very open-minded to that kind of thing, more so than I was actually. Um, so, she, so she's the one that I kind of got brave enough to broach the subject and she is the one who actually kind of encouraged me to to start embracing and um, working with it instead of letting it control me that's the other thing you know is is I, i often tell people you know if you get control of it then it stops controlling you yes Yes, and that's a great, that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today, because that's often um, for people who are coming into, um, you know, their intuitive awareness, they feel overwhelmed. They say they're waking me up at three o'clock in the morning if they're having spirits, you know, um, uh-huh. waking them, you know, coming into their space at three o'clock in the morning when they're trying to sleep. And, and they feel like they're out of control with that, and they feel like they don't have control over it, and that... If if they're trying to get my attention, that means I need to be doing something, meaning helping them at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right, so, exactly. Yeah, and so I'm like, no, no, that, that's not necessarily true. <laughs> so right, you, <laughs> right, so right. What, what advice do you offer people who are working through that process of setting boundaries with either their intuitive <laughs> senses or their or spirit in general? And this is where I get a little funny, you know, because. <laughs> um, Boundaries are funny to me, but I, you know, um, I, I 
just have a do not enter sign on my house. You cannot come in and follow me around the kitchen. And you certainly can't come and wake me up in the middle of the night. So, no. Um, but that's that's an intention that I have set for myself, that I'm not listening, I'm not listening. Do we have an appointment? You show up when we have an appointment. Are, are you on the books? So yes. if they show up at 3 in the morning and go, we don't have an appointment, <laughs> it's tomorrow. Um, so I am funny about that. I'm very, very um, strict with those boundaries of... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I am open to receive and I am intentionally sitting to work and I'm opening up that communication, perfect. But um, I just don't listen. I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, have you following me around the grocery store or, <laughs> or I can't even figure out what I'm going to make for dinner and stay on track without, you know, anybody following me around the grocery store. So I just don't, I'm just totally closed off to mm-hmm. to it. And and it doesn't happen. And I think it's because my intention is so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, la, 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 I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't, I don't have that problem. Yeah. Yeah, same with me. I and I think some people underestimate the the power of intention and attention with um when it comes to the spirit world or um even the intuitive hits that you get. Um do you find that you with your students that sometimes they do underestimate the power of that? Yes. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I think the most important thing that I learned really early on and I'm so grateful for is that um You know, we are in charge of our psychic space just as much as we are in charge of our physical space. So um, when people begin to understand that they're not just a helpless victim and things are flying at them, when they realize that they can set the rules for themselves. Amen. Amen. um, You know, and people, um, even people who will say, you know, I'm being plagued by all these nightmares. I want them to stop. They can ask spirit, dial it back. Or, you know, um, if there's nothing I can do about these situations, please, I don't want to see them. They have the right to do that. Um, Though I do tell people to be careful about turning things off because then when they want to turn it on, they're like, I don't understand why I don't get anything anymore. (laughs) Like, well, did you ask to have it stopped? (laughs) They go, yes. (laughs) So I said, now you got to set your intention that you're open to receive, but open to receive in a way that's a little more comfortable for you. Yes. So it's, I think it's all about what you're um, willing to, willing to accept and what you're not willing to accept, just like any relationship. Um, And then setting those intentions and, um, Understanding that you do have free will, you do have the right to sort of set things up the way the way you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that goes with relationships too. Just like you said, it you know with the living. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and it's uh, I find that um, you know when I set my intention with the spirit world and I practice with that, I was actually able to to create better um healthier boundaries with with the living as well which is that goes hand in hand i think 
It does, yeah. Yeah, when you learn how to do it in the spirit world, you learn how to do it a little better as a as a human. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> that's just what I always tell people. You have control over your psychic space because I think that's the one thing people don't understand. I don't think they realize how much power they actually have. Yes. So once they get it of, no, you're in control, <clears throat> then, you know, they can start setting those intentions and, um, and that is a huge help in not feeling so overwhelmed and out of control. Yes, yeah, and it may feel like that in the beginning too, because and then and it t- sort of develops a sense of fear, and so that can also elevate the <laughs> the sense of mm-hmm. uh, the intuitive senses as well, because you're coming from a place of defense, because you're like, what's happening? Something's happening here. I'm sensing something. Your, your um, right. intuitive senses expand and that's naturally that's what's supposed to happen. And so it just sort of feeds on itself. And it's like, wait, you know, you just got to get centered and calm and realize it's okay. You're safe. And uh, yeah, so that's, I feel like that's part of it too. But for, for people who they want to open these abilities up more, but then really feel like they're not sure, they think they kind of have, like sometimes they feel like they sense things, but they're not 100%, 100% sure, but they didn't have an, an, an intense experience like you had. Um, what can you recommend for people who are trying to open up the, that ability for themselves? Well, I believe um, that everybody's got the ability in there somewhere. Uh, I think if you're a human being, you have the ability. Um, but not everybody has the temperament to do what I do. Mm-hmm. So... I do believe everybody's got the inherent intuitive part, but I don't think everybody's got the personality or the temperament or even the discipline to do the psychic detective work. But in any kind of intuitive work, um, it's going to improve your life no matter what you're doing or how you're using it. Just being in tune with yourself and your own inner guidance system is going to be very, very helpful in in just all areas of your life. So I'm always encouraging people to learn to open up to that, and and there's nothing to fear because it's um, it's there to help you and guide you and protect you and do all of those things. Um, so learning to trust is a huge right. <laughs> learning to trust it is a huge, um, huge thing for people and not to be afraid of it. So, and, and I have to say, you know, for myself, I came from a super Christian um, religious background, and so I was terrified of it. I was really mm-hmm. terrified of the whole process. Um, and I had to get past that fear and learn that this really is um for my you know for my highest good and um there's nothing scary or or bad or evil about it it's all um in love mm-hmm. so people have to learn to understand that part too yeah but it takes time it takes time and you know and i just had this conversation uh actually earlier today somebody said how do i get better at trusting <laughs> As well, <laughs> um, good question. Um, I said for me, it it's it was. I just paid attention to everything. I journaled all the time. 
my feelings and my impressions and then how things turned out. So I learned a lot in retrospect all the time um, of, you know, I had these feelings and then this is what happened or I had this dream and this is how it worked out. And I just started journaling all the time and really paying attention to those inner messages and those inner thoughts and inner feelings and things and then how things worked out. And what I learned from that process is generally when I listen to myself and my inner hunches and followed my heart, those things that I was feeling pulled to, things usually went well. And when I ignored them, <laughs> things <laughs> didn't go well <laughs> yeah. as well as they could have. And so a lot of it you learn in retrospect. Yeah. And that, yeah. And it, I think sometimes we do get, we get sort of get so wrapped up in our day-to-day lives that we don't pay attention to how we feel about certain things and certain situations that we ignore that in a sense we're, we're dulling our intuitive senses. And so to, um, to, to journal about it brings our attention back to it. Yes. And, and often intuition's inconvenient, right? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, I love the, I'll tell this story. I love this story. This is one of my, this is one of those funny stories where um, I was running out the door trying to get my son to a dentist appointment and there was a stack of mail on the counter and I thought, you know, I should grab that stack of mail and just take it with me and then uh, while I'm sitting there, I can go through that mail while I'm waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And my logic says, I'm not going to sit there and open up mail in the waiting room where everybody's looking at me. And so I didn't grab it, Um, left it sitting on the counter, went to the appointment, get there. And they tell me my credit card has been um, canceled. And um, they said there was some sort of fraudulent activity or something. And they had sent me a new one. They said they sent me a new one in the mail. (laughs) Guess where it was? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah sitting right there in that stack of mail that i uh i was told to take and i ignored it so uh i had to get in the car i had to go back home and i <laughs> i had to get it and then drive back so uh that's just one funny example but i have so many of them but yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I right. Listen to myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We have so many reasons not because it's inconvenient. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We talk ourselves out of it. Like, why would I be thinking that? Why would I be hearing that? Why would I be thinking that I want to do that? It doesn't make any sense. But in fact, yeah, mm-hmm. it's our intuition saying hello. They see the big, you know, whoever well, directs our intuition sees the bigger picture. So. <laughs> yeah. And I have found that even though it seems a little inconvenient in the moment, the inconvenience is going to be 10 times more if I don't listen. So I have learned that the hard way over and over. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. So so we're coming up on the break in just a few moments here. So um, I just want to let everybody, to remind everybody, we are taking calls today, but just for questions about, um, you know, Pam's process, um, we're not doing readings today. And she's not taking any any questions about specific cases or requests for anything about specific cases. So just um, just to be aware of that. So it's more about her process and and um, 
what she does. So um, the number here is 816-251-3555. And Pam, so you have an online class coming up that is awesome. This is great for anybody, anybody. <laughs> like, really, this is so cool. Can you tell us more about it? Yeah, I am so excited about this. Well, I'm always excited to do a, a class with John Holland because um, we have a blast together. Yeah. And um, he's a fantastic teacher. And we we have different styles, so we kind of bring different things to, to the class. But we are doing a photo reading class next month. And the reason I'm so excited about it is just it's one of those life skills that everybody can use everybody mm-hmm. um you know and i gave i gave an example of um putting up two pictures i think we we've tried this before in class we put up two pictures one of a very hardworking, responsible woman and one of another woman who turned out to be um, an embezzler and mm-hmm. just by looking at the two of them you you can't tell the difference but our question was, which one would you hire based on their photo? Um, and so that's a skill we're going to start teaching is how to read the energy of um, photos. And it's not just people. You can read um, houses and vehicles and animals, and we're going to cover all of that. So I've certainly had clients send me a picture of a house they were getting ready to buy, um, or even a few of them that they were looking at, just and I can tune in and see if I feel like there's any hidden issues with it, or if they're going to have trouble with the neighbors, or <laughs> what's going on. Um, <clears throat> and so, it's just a skill that I think is so beneficial to everybody that can be used in so many different ways. That um, that's why I, you know, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, it's great. This is for everybody. Even if you don't think you have a psychic bone in your body, just you'll be you'll be so surprised by the amount of information that you can glean from a photograph just by shifting your attention and your uh, attention and intention to to reading a photograph psychically. And so um, so if you want more information about that, you can go to pamcoronado.com and it's right on her home page. You can just scroll down and it's um, where did it go? Just went, how to yeah, how to read photos, the art of psychically seeing yep. into images. And uh, it's, it's I think it's two and a half hours, I believe, or three hours. It's a three-hour class. Yeah. Right. yeah. It's a long class, yeah. But yeah. we are going to cram so much in there. And, and, <laughs> and they're going to get real practice exercises. That's, you know, the fun part. is it, That's when it gets really fun is yeah. when we start putting photos up there for them to, uh, to play with. Yeah. So... You know, I'll give you one example. I know we need to go to break, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of funny. Seconds. Why don't you just hold that for one moment? We'll, do, we'll hit that okay. after the break. So everybody will okay. be back in just a few moments with Psychic Detective Pam Coronado. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. 
Experiment with a variety of art forms. Engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation. And discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Discover the power within. UnityOnlineRadio.org The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intuitive Life with Laura Wooster. Hey, everyone, and welcome to The Intuitive Life. And I'm here with uh, my friend and colleague, Pam Coronado, psychic detective, teacher, speaker, and writer. And she was just getting ready to share a funny story. (laughs) Well, is it funny? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny. It's it's kind of scary and kind of funny at the same time. Okay. Um, and, And this goes back to what we were talking about as far as learning the photo reading and why it's so important. But I had a student, I put up a couple of pictures in class and I do, you know, I teach detective classes and I um, put up two photos and asked if one of these guys was, again, which one's a normal guy and which one's violent. And um, one of the guys all the women thought he was super cute and they asked me if he was single and it turns out he was a terrorist. So, um, um, (laughs) so I laughed and then said, you know, don't online date until you learn the skill. (laughs) And, um, and it really struck me how important this skill is so that you're, you're able to tune in beyond the physical appearance of a person um, and and sort of move past the mask that they wear. I always see their face as sort of a mask. So move beyond that and get to the energy behind them and, and what their intention feels like. It's easy to do in person because if there's a person that's a threat, generally your body will react. Yes. Um, and sometimes that will happen when you're sitting with a photo too. That actually will happen to me if I have some sort of a predator type personality. I will, my body will actually react. I'll actually feel it yeah. in my body. Me too. Yeah. It's it's weird. And I and there's an example that I've used a couple of times on social media. There's um there was a uh, a talk show a um, a British talk show, and there was um, a Hollywood person that I'm not gonna not even gonna say his name. Um, mm-hmm. He was on the show being interviewed, and there were actresses sitting on either side of him. And I remember watching this interview with him, and they both of them were leaning back from him, and they had their hands over their solar plexus, kind of, and they were kind of mm-hmm. holding their arms away from him, and they're crossing their legs away from him. And I said, like, "Something's up with this," because they, just, <laughs> I don't know right. if they knew what was going on or if they they sensed something. Subconscious, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's that's why I say like watch, even if you don't realize what your body language it like if you don't even realize you're doing it, just pay attention to what your body language is around certain people. Um, if you cover up your solar right. plexus, like what, why, why are you doing that? You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, isn't it interesting how our, we sometimes our body will tell us before we know consciously. Yeah, and sometimes I'll just get this really, I'll just get a knot in my stomach um, 
around somebody, you know, I'll just always feel super uncomfortable or I'll just get this knot in my stomach that tells me something's not right. Yeah. Yeah. So you can use that. Even though on appearances, you they, it, they seem okay, they seem normal, they seem like a nice person, but there's something internally that just keeps warning me something's not right. Yes. Yeah. So you can use that same process with reading a photo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So great. So yeah, if, you, if anybody wants to learn how to do that, to, you know, to definitely tune into the webinar on March 12th, and you just go to pamcoronado.com and scroll down on her homepage, and it's right there. How to read photos. It's a great skill to yep. have. <laughs> it is. It is. I want to go, we have um, a few callers who have been holding on for a bit here. We are taking calls today, not for readings, but just for questions about um, Pam's work. And let me just see. We're going to go to Gabby. She's been waiting since moment one since we came on the air. Hey, Gabby. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, thanks for calling in. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi. So I have a question about, so can you use your remote viewing? So say you're trying to identify, um, I guess, a future, like a house or anything else. Can you, is there a way you can um, use that skill to, to, you know, look at the place, the location? And, and my other question was, um, do you have a process um, for doing readings for yourself? Like reading for others, it's normally easier. And I was mm-hmm. just wondering if you have techniques to bypass your own mind when you're trying to get information for yourself. Oh, good question. Yes, that's a great question. And it's always easier to read for other people than it is to read for yourself. Um, yeah. And that's just because we're invested, right? We're invested in yeah. the answer. Um, but, but, in, in remote viewing, in remote viewing, um, you you can have somebody set up a question for you um, that you're blind to, so you don't know what it is, and they could be asking you, you know, describe your next home, um, mm. or describe the location of your next home, or something like okay. that, and have some somebody set that up for you um, so that you're blind to it. But you can okay. still even try to do it yourself of um, sitting down with a piece of paper, a blank piece of paper, and just um, doodle and let go of your own sort of, you know, expectations and everything else. I set my intention. I, Whenever I do a reading for a client or try to answer something for myself, that's the first thing yeah. I do, set my intention, set aside my own hopes, thoughts, fears, etc., and get divine truth. Okay. Um, and so that's super important, right? Set aside your own hopes, fears, etc., and get at divine truth. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. And, and then the see blind. If that helps. You use the, okay. The blind perfect. method is the blind method is really good. <laughs> okay. Really the blind method is in set, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks, Gabby. Thanks for holding on for so long. (laughs) Take care. Bye. You too. That's a good question. That's a great question. Yeah. Wonderful questions. So when you're when you're reading for somebody, say you're they someone um, comes to you and they want to look at say job prospects or um, other things um, other than a psychic detective type of you know a crime scene type of thing. How does process mm-hmm. different is how is it different from from reading somewhat for someone about a job versus an actual um, crime scene it's really not 
you know, I always say receiving is receiving. So it's just the same. It's the same. I'm still going to get things visually or so. And I actually had a friend um, who was looking for a job and she came to me and um, she said, you know, where should I look? And I projected forward to see where I saw her working next. Um, and I saw a place that I actually recognized <laughs> uh, because we live in the same town. So I told her where to where to go. I saw her working in a government building. And um, sure enough, that's where she is. <laughs> so um, she ended up do, getting that job. But, you know, she started looking in that direction because we had had that reading. So a lot of times I can describe the either what I – I see the person doing what kind of tasks I see them doing, or I can describe the actual building of where I see them um, working in the future. So cool. Um, now, that doesn't mean that they're always going to say yes, because I've seen people go on interviews of a place I described, and then they turn the job down, and I'm like, that's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point, because you can see opportunities and the potentials Correct. Doesn't mean that that's mm -hmm. where they're going to end up ultimately, and yeah, right. So, and do you, they do still you have actually, free will? Absolutely. Yeah. And do you ever, when someone goes to the next level, when when you say, well, then you know, this this is what the potentials are, um, do you ever have anybody say, okay, so which one should I do? Like, what would you do? And, and or do you just leave that free will for them? I free, I leave free will for them. And when I see somebody at a crossroads, a lot of times I'll see somebody at a crossroads. Should I stay in this job? Should I go look for another job? Um, <clears throat> what I try to do is I try to look down each path and go, okay, if you stay on this path, this is what it looks like. If you go down that other path, this is what it looks like. It's up to you. I don't tell you what to do. Right. I just try to give them as much information as they can so they can make their best informed choices themselves. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. But yes, you're right. It's it's potential. We see potential and possibility. We don't think. I just don't think anything is set in stone. A hundred percent agree. Absolutely. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we're on the same page with that. Now, do you ever get? And, and I understand. Um, you know, with the dream that you had that sort of set you on this path, somewhere, somehow, someone from most likely that's at least that's what it appears to be that someone from the spirit side was trying to get your attention. So how often when you're doing detective work do you feel like someone in spirit is pushing this or is it your spirit guides helping or do you believe in spirit guides? I do believe in spirit guides and I work with my spirit guides. To be honest, I, I don't want to offend any mediums out there because um, I do love mediumship, but I tend to work with my spirit guides because I know them, I trust them. I know they're not going to steer me wrong. I know um, I have the person in front of me that I think I have in front of me. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that can go wrong in a case when um, you're relying on a spirit. So I do, um, I do, you know, and I have found that they, um, especially like children, sometimes they're confused. They don't know where they are. Um, I just find it much easier to go up and above and, and work with my own guides who I work with all the time. Now, because now, we just have a stronger, you know, we have a stronger, um, it's just we know each other, we have a stronger working relationship, put it that way. 
Right. And they're probably more, um, I don't know what the word, the best word for it, um, emotion, less emotionally involved too. They just, they are to, to make the connection for you, right? That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. And right. And you know, I always, this is one of the things I always tell students in my class about the mediumship too is, um, you know, spirits will have their agendas and their feelings and their thoughts and that stuff can definitely interfere. Um, but if I was trying to understand a baseball game, so say I was, uh, say I was trying to understand a baseball game, if I'm seeing the baseball game through the eyes of the pitcher, um, I don't see what's happening behind me. I can't see what's happening behind me. All I can see is through the eyes of the pitcher. And so I'm losing all of this other information. Um, but if I'm up in the stands and I'm watching it as an observer, now I see the whole game. I can see everything that's going on. Uh, and so that's kind of the analysis that I use. Uh, there we go. That makes more sense. Yes. And so, and you mentioned before too, and it's, I just want to get, you know, clarify this as well. When you mentioned like sometimes uh, when you connect with children in spirit, that they can sometimes feel like they don't know where they are or they're confused. Now, do you mean that they are, I mean, this, this is where it gets a little, little confusing, I think. Um, mm-hmm. is, that, is that more the experience that, they, that psychically that you're picking about the, about the experience that they had at the time that they're missing? Or is it? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to clarify yeah. that because sometimes there might be a parent who's listening who might have a child in spirit and they think, Do my, is my child missing or is I, are they feeling lost? And that's not what no, you're saying. No, no, okay. no, uh-uh. No, that's okay. not what I'm saying. I just wanted to clarify that. No. Okay. No, so, uh-uh. Yes. Okay, so no, it's just when you're like, what street are you on? Like <laughs> when you're like <laughs> trying to find their location, you're like, what building are you near or what street are you on? Or You know what I mean? That's when they're sort of like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's like yeah, my mom just told me that. No, no. Yeah. My mom, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's what I mean. I don't mean that they're lost in spirit, not at all. No. Thank you. I just want to clarify that because sometimes that can be, you know, um, that that clarification is really important. I find um, mm-hmm. you, you met with their experience of of when you know they might have gone missing or something. Um, right. Okay. So when obviously this, you know, I, I know that when. I connect with people mediumistically, you know, a lot of times there there's connections with people who it's, it can be a very tragic experience. And I've learned over time to sort of let that go. So I'm not obsessing about how tragic a situation was after I've finished mm-hmm. the connection with my sitter. How, how do you, how do you go through that process of letting go of what you have to witness on behalf of those, those that you're working for? Yeah, that's taken a lot of time and training. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things I had to learn is that um, this isn't mine. I may be stepping into it just so I can understand it, but it's not mine. And if I fall down, if if I have somebody who's fallen down into a well and I fall down into the well with them, I can't help them from down there. So I have to stay up and stay uh, emotionally centered and grounded and all of that in order to to be most effective help for them. So I try not to um, overly attach to it emotionally and empathically. Um, 
I do it only enough so that I can sort of understand, you know, and um, see it from the different sides and understand what's what's happening. But I definitely um, recognize that this is this is theirs and it's not mine, and I separate from it um, after. A lot of times, I take a mental shower, especially if I have to connect with a with a bad guy for you know um, to get into their head and to really understand what they were doing. A lot of times, I have to. I just mentally um, visualize golden white, golden light um, showering down on me and washing all of that stuff out of my out of my mental, out of my aura. Uh, out of my body so that I don't hang on to any of it. I don't know if that's the answer, but... um, That that helps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, because I can imagine having to... So some of the things you need to witness and to take on some of those roles that... Obviously, uh, connecting with uh, uh, someone who did something horrible, I can't even imagine what that must feel like to have to take that on, um, at least moment, even if it's Mm -hmm. just momentarily. But... um, so uh, you know, oftentimes people will reach out to you, um, say, say there, there's like a community where maybe someone has gone missing and there might be a community member, they might not even be connected to the family and they'll reach out to you to help. And how do you handle that when people reach out for that type of thing? That happens a lot. That happens to be a lot. And, you know, I, I think it's so, so sweet and so admirable when somebody does that because it it shows me how much they care, you know, that they they want to do something about it. They they're really moved or touched by this situation and they're just wanting to help the family. I understand that. But um but I I specifically have rules that I try to work only with immediate family members or law enforcement. So I really don't take on cases unless the an immediate family member has requested my assistance or um law enforcement's requested my assistance. So I, I always thank um, those members who are who are reaching out to me because I do think it's very sweet. But um, but that's kind of my general my general rule. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it it um, do you find it if the if you were to do that um, on their behalf that it 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 just doesn't go anywhere? Well, yeah, that's the problem is, you know, I could I could come up with some fantastic answers, but if it doesn't get into the right hands, it's really not going to matter anyway. And so um, it really does need to come from from family or law enforcement so that, that my work would actually be followed up on. Yeah, good point. So what what can you recommend for people who obviously very very you know feel they have a lot of empathy for what's happening to someone who's in their town or in their in their area what could you recommend to them to what they can do that can help to sort of um, I mean I understand there's prayer and you know helping yep. out in other ways but what else can you recommend yep. mm-hmm. I do um, obviously prayer I do believe in in the power of prayer um, I also um, We'll tell people, you know, if they are holding searches for a missing person, get out there um, and physically go on a search and and volunteer that way. So 
which is what I did, you know, after I'd had that dream, I, I actually did join the search party. And um, so there are things that they can do to um, help the family. But what I do try to steer people away from is if you think you know what happened or you're having intuitive thoughts or impressions or you think that that spirit is, is, is trying to talk to you, um, don't go on Facebook. Don't go on their missing page and put that all out there um, because um, that can be incredibly painful and damaging to the family who's reading those posts. And I've, I've definitely seen it where, you know, the children, um, young people that, of a missing woman were reading some of these things, these horrible things that people were writing on the page. So I do... Uh, encourage people to um, really, really think about their actions and how that might affect the family um, before they go and do anything like that. That's a really good Practical point. help? Yes, absolutely. Um, prayer? Yes, absolutely. But um, but definitely, like I said, jumping on, on Facebook and putting some of these things out there, um, you know, it's not... Uh, and besides, you know, sometimes the um, perpetrators reading those things too. So you could be stumbling into something you don't realize you're stumbling into. So I never recommend that. Really good point. So if if someone is feeling that they have any experience very much like you had, um, obviously uh-huh. the, I'm sure the police don't, <laughs> don't like necessarily um, recommend that you go knocking on their door and saying, uh, you know, I've got information here. Um, right. It, it feels like the way that worked for you, it feels very almost synchronistic or it just was meant to be that way. It just feels, you know, when you shared the story before, it just felt like that was exactly the way it was supposed to play out in a way that it worked out for both parties. But right. not necessarily the case um, for people who might be having those dreams or feeling like they're picking up intuitive information about a case. Uh, maybe they're watching mm-hmm. something, you know, the news, and they pick up information. What what can they do if they if someone's picking up that that type of information? Yeah, you know, and again, I always go back to the. I mean, for me, it definitely um, did work out that you know, I went and I joined the physical search and um, just happened to connect with the person that was running the search with somebody I knew from high school. And so it all sort of synchronistically did fall into place. But I didn't do it after that, right? I didn't just uh, show up after that um, and say, here's what I'm thinking, you know, here's what I got. So I just think that um they can follow the case I, I think a lot of times it's more about us than it is about the case yes if that makes sense it's yeah. more about our our own learning our own growth our own process than it is about the case um if somebody really really is feeling compelled like they've got information that's going to help um one of the first things I ask them is if this is something that they could follow up on. Because if a a detective will say to me, if another psychic calls me up and tells me they see a path in the woods, I'm going to shoot them. (laughs) (laughs) And I think they're joking, but I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, 
But, you know, that's what I always ask. Is this something that is so concrete and so specific that it is what I call actionable? Um, you know, then I, then I might, um, I, I look at everything on a case by case basis, but, but most of the time what we're getting is not specific that way enough that a detective or somebody else would be able to, um, follow up on it. Yeah. So remembering detectives are very busy people. Uh, they have lots of cases going and so they don't have time to go chasing around looking for, um, something that you couldn't find yourself. Mm, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's human nature to, to maybe see something on the news and, and you might, I mean, I, I don't know anybody who's like, I wonder if that's the case, or I wonder if this is the case, you know, as far as um, maybe information about what may have happened and people start feeling kind of into it because they just feel for the person that might be struggling with uh, either a missing mm-hmm. person's case or otherwise. But, but um yeah, so it's kind of human nature to want to help, but yeah, obviously it's it you don't want to take away from the um from from the uh the, the energy that the detectives are already putting into it. So yeah, so, right. Um, I do try to stay out of the way, but like I said, if if you know there's no harm in joining an actual search if they have organized searches and there's people searching, then by all means, um, if anything, you'll learn a lot about the process and. Um, what it takes to actually do missing persons work and and all of that. But I I I really believe that people ask me this all the time, and I really truly do believe it is that traumatic events, things that uh, there's a lot of anger or fear or trauma or something, they just put out a loud signal. It's just loud, yeah. um, and so people who tend to be sensitive um, hear it. So they may not necessarily be being called to do something about it. Mm-hmm. It's just to hear it because the signal's so loud. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And I know we're coming up in the last 15 seconds. I can't believe it's a quick hour. But um, so Pam also does re- uh, readings for relationships, career, things like that, not just um, psychic detective work. So check out her website at pamcoronado.com. Thank you so much, Pam. This was very insightful, and I learned so much by by speaking with you today, and I'm sure it helps many others as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pam. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.